What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Stand and Fight podcast. I'm your host, the Tattooed Life Coach. I would like to take a little bit of time to thank my sponsors, Eastman Fitness and Wellness. You can find them at EastmanFitnessUtah.com. And give a shout out to all the kids out there right now who are dealing with some pretty tough times and adults with this coronavirus shutdown and everything is so uncertain that I hope you know you're loved and that there's people out there that you can talk to. You can reach out to me anytime on Instagram at Coach Eastman 8. That is the number 8. And know that you're loved. So I'm here today with Chelsea Murdoch. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing well. So I knew your mom. I know your mom. Mm-hmm. But I forgot that portion, and I've just been following you a little bit on on social media and appreciate. I have a daughter, so anytime I f- see women at home putting in work for the positive and being brave, it's scary to do live videos, and it's scary to do all these things because what if nobody likes it or what if nobody watches, and you know we have all those insecurities. So I've been watching you, and I appreciate what you do, and that's why I reached out and wanted you to come on the podcast. So thank you for taking the time. Wow. Thank you for watching. Yeah. So tell us, tell my listeners a little bit about you and, and we'll go wherever it goes. Okay. Um, my name is Chelsea Murdoch and I, I am a life coach and, um, I don't know. Do you want like, I want to know a little bit about your, my childhood. uh, Yeah. Just kind of a little bit of what makes you, you regardless of what, and we'll probably get into that later. What happens, what you do as an adult, you're, you're molded as a child. Right. So, sure. you know, parents in the house, not in the house, just kind of give a, a, a road to victory okay. speech. Um, well, so my parents divorced when I was five and um, I grew up with my dad. Actually, I was listening to your podcast last night. And you kind of talked about being bullied as mm-hmm. a kid. And um, I had a cousin that was. She was vicious to me, just would beat me up, tell me how fat I was, just awful. And actually, a couple years ago, I, I finally had to thank her in, in, you know, in my own way, not yeah. her personally, but um, because I am who I am today because of her and because of, you know, my parents' divorce and how that molded me. And I mean, for the most part, I would say I had a decent life, my I had a great communication or relationship with both parents. Um, And I have four sisters and just, um, I just think a huge part of me is I want to help people. I don't want people to feel the pain that I felt as a kid. And I just want to like cuddle them up and just say that, you know, you're okay. And um, yeah. I get that. I like what you said where you said in your own way, we talk, I talk a lot about accepting the apology you'll never receive. Right. Yeah. And she doesn't a, know. And that's a big one where life is going to happen. You know, we do want to make it people, you know, steer them a different way or not have them hurt, but hurt is why we are where we're at. And unfortunately that happens, but redefining or understanding our relationship with pain it can be a the most amazing teacher or you can let it beat you down right exactly so, 
so i feel like yeah she made me who i am i'm a compassionate caring person and I don't know if I would have been that. You're not fat. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Something must have changed there. <laughs> oh, you should have seen me in high school. <laughs> Getting it done, huh? Oh, I yeah. think that's just the way people carry stress. It's the same as a drug addict. It's oh. the same as anything else. It's like if you were going to pick on somebody because they're fat, you don't think they already know that? You think they're oblivious to that? No, right. they got to look in the mirror and they probably hate what they see and they beat themselves up. And then when it's, when it's, uh, reassured at school when people say the same thing well it must be true and then we go on living that lie oh for sure and that's uh, a dangerous i got the same thing i was a little i was the teeniest kid in school ugly redhead big ears and i got hammered on and that you know i grew up believing that right right um i went through a divorce probably well, i think it was like 14 years ago but um not knowing how to deal with that i actually developed an eating disorder um and so I know I can sympathize with someone with addiction because I would go into the grocery store and have panic attacks because I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to eat. I want to eat. I want to eat. Because I didn't know how to deal with everything I was trying to process. And finally, I found an awesome therapist that helped me work through that. Let's so, talk a little bit about that. I've got a lot of women who've asked me, when are you going to have somebody come on that's had an eating disorder? I'm oh. like, oh. Let's get it done. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, mine was actually, I mean, it was pretty short-lived. Um, what was it? I binge ate and would make myself so sick that I would throw up. It was horrible. That's uh, dangerous, though. Yeah. The purging is, is dangerous. Or not purging, but the, the uh, sorry, I'm brain dead. Eating a lot at once, mm-hmm. the binging, the bin- yeah. same as an alcoholic. So there's alcoholics who just drink all the time. Then there's binge drinkers and the binge drinkers actually more dangerous because they put so much in their system at a time. Yeah. So same with the food. Right. And yeah, I, I would eat so much that it would just, I'd fall asleep because I was so. Just, just Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah, every weekend. Yeah. So I hope I don't feel in a few days. I, Right. I couldn't have a sugar cookie for a couple of years because that was like a trigger for me. Like these sugar cookies are, that's what I craved or, you know. Yeah. Um, but also I was a cheerleader in high school and I had. Where did you grow up? Sorry. Oh, in Price, Utah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know some Price people. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. Um, I don't, I just felt part of me actually wanted more of like. I'm like, why am I not drinking? Or I, I felt more embarrassed having an eating d- disorder because it felt like, um, shallow to me. Mm. I get that. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. So a vain. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. Like I was throwing up because I was too worried about being fat, and but it, I just didn't know how to stop eating at that time. You see how how sick that's like mental health one on one is is our sickness makes us believe that it's wrong. So we do something else that's even more wrong to cover the wrong to like the self-hatred, the, the ultimate, you know, end up putting a needle in your arm or puking, getting so skinny, you know, all these different things. And it's like, man, if we could just figure that thing out when, when we're younger and kill the bullying and all of that, there'd be, the world would be such a better place from it. Right. So as you're going through that in high school, dealing with being a popular cheerleader, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, the cool kids, right? 
Not so much. So did you feel like you were wearing masks and lying all the time and pretending who you were and hoping nobody found out who you oh, were? Oh, sure. I feel like that's a lot of, a lot of the, the cover-up, and then we go home and we know we're a fraud. Right. Yep. For sure. 100%. It is... There's just so much shame in any type of addiction. Um, I um, wanted to touch base on um, being a little kid and being bullied. I, mm. When I take my kids to school, I make them do little affirmations. And I just hope that with those little affirmations that it's enough to make them um, kind of bully and kind of bounce off you know yeah so uh some people may not know what that is so do you have them read it as like a little <laughs> mantra something they say every day yeah we um hop in the car and we just say i am beautiful inside and out i work hard and follow my dreams i love myself and then <clears throat> we start chanting i love myself <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it i just i hope cool. that that can just build them up a little bit more so that when they go to school I mean it's hard kids are mean yeah it doesn't matter there's no bully proofing anything because yeah. the kids that are hurting or bullying right yeah pay, paying it forward it's in a the cycle. wrong way yep it's a vicious cycle which is tough so that's a great how old are they um six and four. Oh, so little. I think it's huge people are like oh they're too young they're too little like no, you start them young, knowing and believing and understanding and, and learn boundaries. They'll be little champs. Right. I, I think that's so awesome. If I could go back, because I was only nine months sober when my daughter was born. Mm -hmm. No, I got sober <laughs> when she was seven months old. Okay. So I lived in fear for pretty much the next five years, just trying to stay sober and all of these things. But knowing and feeling how I feel now, if I had a little kid, man, I'd, I'd be a little Superman. Right. <laughs> Like feed them full of it, because you know somebody's gonna beat it out of them eventually. And they're the more that's more ammo they have, the better they'll they'll survive that. Right. I've um my six year old is actually using life coaching on me the other day. <laughs> <laughs> the other day I was frustrated with her, and I'm like, oh, you're making me so frustrated. And she told me, oh, what did she say? I'm sorry, you feel that way. <laughs> like, oh man. How can you work out of that? <laughs> yeah. What. <laughs> What do we what do we need to work on right there? That's funny. It's cute when they start doing that and learning because it, it shows you that it is working because if they're thinking to say that, right. It's pretty good. Most 6-year-olds are it's like that little kid that's like, "Linda, Linda, Linda, you know listen." <laughs> it's like, you don't that. reason with a 5-year-old. It's cuz they don't have reasoning skills. Right. Yeah, so that's pretty awesome. So Going through, go ahead. Oh, no. Going through that in, in high school, the bullying and working with your kids now, mm -hmm. where does that, where did, how did you work through that? Um, well, my first therapist that I had, um, she, she actually gave me this huge packet of like, you know, questions that I should fill out. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to go home and fill this out. And she said I was the first person she's ever heard say that <laughs> but I just I want to know why I do the things that I'm doing and I want to mm. know why people do what they do and I've always had this little like thing inside my brain of, well why is this person suffering versus this person or 
you know, having five sisters and why does, or four sisters, sorry. Um, why is this one doing that versus another one yeah. reacting to Human different behavior? Which, yeah, we're all different. Um, <clears throat> but I started doing hair when I was 21 and doing hair just, I love doing hair, but I also love connecting with people and creating that relationship and I think that's kind of a big part of why I was drawn into coaching I've I've said this a million times so I when I got into fitness and started training people I took like one training certificate and once I started working with people I'm like I need way more psychology than I need education on how to lift a dumbbell right. it's like or I'm gonna go crazy because everybody came in wanting to just unload and and I said every hairdresser should have to take a life coaching because oh. they're giving advice yep. <laughs> and then the yep. wives go home or whatever and like they should have some education because that is they sit people sit down they just need somewhere to vent right I I had a client that used to call me his therapist <laughs> just say I'm <laughs> like ready that. for my therapy <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool so how long did you do that um I still do it one day a week um so I don't know what is it? 17 years. That's crazy oh. to think about. Um, that's awesome. So as you got into that and you started seeing that, what, what finally pushed you into to the coaching side? <clears throat> um, well, I took some time off to have my babies and in that I kind there was just, I don't know, just a burning desire. I want to help people. Um, and for a second, I thought maybe I would be a life coach for moms. And then um, I realized, like, oh, my gosh, I've been dealing with people struggling with addiction since I was a little girl. And I've tried so hard to fix them and help them. And I just realized, like, I can't help the person that's struggling right now. Um, but I can control the way I'm reacting to them. And I, that's kind of, I just decided too many people are alone mm -hmm. on the other side of addiction and they need, they, um, my motto in my business is come stand by me. And in that I, <clears throat> I feel like I don't, I don't want someone to stand above me and tell me all the things I need to do. But I don't want someone standing behind me and poor Chelsea, poor this, you know, she's going through that. She's been through that. I want someone to stand next to me and be by my side. And so yeah. that's what I want to be for other people is just, I want to be there. I know what you're going through. I know the pain. Um, and I just, I, I want to be that cheerleader for someone that's watching their loved ones struggle because it's it's so lonely to be there. Yeah, my brother gets mad at me a lot saying, you talk about addiction all the time. What about the family members who have to put up with it? Right, yeah. Like, Let's do one then. <laughs> but it is. It's like now, you know, I've, I just had my, celebrated my 11 years. Oh, congrats. So I've spent a That's lot. Awesome. Thank you. I've spent a lot of time on the other side of it watching family members. And I'm just in my head, I'm like, you know, years ago I was like, would tell them how to do it and they wouldn't do it and I'd get my feelings hurt and I'd waste so much energy and I'd get sick mentally like hit my bottom in recovery due to trying to help others 
when, like you said, you can't fix anybody and they're not necessarily broken. They're just no. on a path. And, and you said, stand by me. And I've got this little saying that I've got this really warm fire and you're welcome to come and stand by it, oh. but I'm not going to leave my fire to come and save you because okay. then we're both out in the cold. Right. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. as long as you want to come and stoke and, and, and be by my warmth because I'm going to be the best example I can, because ultimately that's all we can be as a coach. We can give our mm-hmm. opinions and give some guidelines and things like that. But, um, as we go through these battles, I've always lived by that because I used to just bail from my fire, go out to find people to bring back to my fire. And I come back and my fire's out. Right. And I'm like, ah, yep. oh, man, mm-hmm. back to square one, you know? Yep. And that's, they talk about the, the oxygen masks on the mm-hmm. airplane, you know? And it's kind of that same deal as being able to, uh, lead by example. I think I do that in my wrestling coaching and I don't tell you what to do. I get on the mat and we wrestle. I, me and my coaches wrestle as much as the boys do. Oh, that's awesome. So we're, we're down there grinding, but I, I feel like with your experience and in, in family ones and loved ones and having gotten sick from that and coming back and having your own struggles and then using that to, to pay it forward is, is amazing. So well, let's you. talk about that. Let's talk about the fear of, I'm, I'm there had to have been some when you're like, okay, I'm going to coach people. Right. How do I help? And then actually going through the steps. A lot of people want to help, but nobody actually gets into it. Right. Um, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but a lot, most people don't follow their passion. Right. Um, well, first, um, I kind of want to show like an example of what I used to do with a loved one. Like I had one loved one that I would beg and plead, please don't leave because I knew that they were going to go use. Yeah. And, um, when they finally got sober, they actually told me that my begging and crying made them use more, which kind of sounds hurtful, but it's the reality. There's sh- she, there's so much shame yeah. in using that um, by me crying and begging created even more shame. And I don't want to feel that shame, so I'm going to go use more. Yeah. Um, and then... I did the opposite with another loved one where I would send like text messages. I'm here for you. I love you. Um, I hope you're having a great day. And um, I mean, that made her happy. But um, the reality is, is I also would sit there and find like rehabs for them to go. And I was doing all the work for them Mm -hmm. and not... Not just being there for them. Yeah. And just saying, you know, I love you. I'm here for you. Whenever you need or whenever you're ready for help, let me know. I'll be there. Yeah. I think it's people, that's the tough part about addiction or mental illness in general, where you can't see it. It's not like cancer where they give you like, you're going to be here for four weeks or we can do some radiation or whatever. These people... They make the wrong decisions. They hurt the ones they love. It's like the worst thing on the planet where you lose everything you love mm-hmm. and you die. Right. Other diseases, you get to you get to die with your loved ones by your side. We yeah. blow them all up, burn everything to the ground, and then die alone. Right. And that's an ugly thing. And what you were talking about, where you've got the you got it all planned out for them. Yeah. And right. and wasting energy that could have been better used on yourself. Mm-hmm. 
to keep you happy and healthy for when they are ready. Right. That's the tough part. That is for sure 100% that you need to take care of you because when they're ready to go get treatment or whatever that looks like for them. Yeah, there's a million ways. Yeah. Um, So if you're not in a good place, how can you help them? Um, I want to ask you a question, actually. Okay. What do you think helped or pushed you away? Man, we man, my my story is a little unique in in the sense of just levels of pressure. Okay. From politics, success, and me just ruining every opportunity. But it came down to I was very suicidal, Mm -hmm. and I had ruined everything good in my life um my daughter was born and everybody you know my parents were pretty much at the end of their rope they'd done everything in their powers kind of what you talked about they'd given me rehabs they'd given me money they'd given me a place to live all these things and finally got to the point where my dad came down with a letter and i'd just gotten my wife left me because I couldn't stay sober and I was a danger to my child and and couldn't keep a job and she just had to move along and I was on my parents couch and uh, he came down with a letter and made me read it and he had written my obituary said I know you're gonna die but you're not gonna do it in our basement so bounce so it got to the point where I was out homeless and um and uh the only way I could see my daughter is if my parents were there, and that's the only reason I could get back in their house. And I went up and said goodbye to my daughter and oh my hugged my parents and took a gun and went above the Bountiful Temple and put it in my mouth and had a little experience up there. Uh, God intervened, and mm-hmm. and that was my the next day is my sobriety date. Oh my so um, divine intervention, it came down to me pulling the trigger or me moving on and becoming something that I was destined to be. Right. Wow. That so I had everything like my bottom, unfortunately was super low. Right. And the reason I do what I do is to help raise that bottom for others and, you know, let them know what's at the end of that road. Yeah. That no matter how they paint it, there's still a brick wall at the end of that road and it's going to crush them. Yeah. And they don't have to lose their families. They don't have to get divorced. They don't have to, you know, I've, I left a trail of inferno, like it was bad. And, uh, now I get the opportunity to raise my daughter and I have an amazing relationship with my ex-wife and she's an amazing person and her husband is amazing and all of these things that. I once feared not being, nobody's going to raise my daughter and mm-hmm. all this macho shit that all I want is for people to love my daughter. Right. And yeah. if they can do it while I'm not there, then hell yeah. If my daughter loves somebody enough to call him dad, kudos. Two is right. better than one. Right. You know, so I've learned all these things that taking a major slice of humble pie because yeah. I'm a. I grew up pretty cocky and, and egotistical and, you know, I was great at sports and, and grew up with some money and, you know, these different things that just led me into false belief of confidence. Right. So I've had to revamp all that, but, um, so with your dad, your dad put like a hard line Yeah. for you. He, and, yeah. He and that's can. like, 
ultimately that that's that's what did it and a lot of parents aren't gonna aren't willing to put their kids on the street but you're either we call it loving them to death Mm -hmm. they're gonna die on your couch or they're gonna die in the street and you can at least do what's right and and you feel like that's not loving them but giving them the choice to live how they want and do it on their own is ultimately what you need to do right but saying if you choose yeah to be sober you're welcome here yeah but you have that choice yep yeah, it's, it's boundaries right you know and it's a clear clear list of this is what it takes to be at my house if you cross that boundary we still love you and we'll support you yep. just not financially right right and with a soft place to land yep um so this past year i learned about craft and craft is like um it's changed my life um what it stands for is community reinforcement and family training and it teaches you how to communicate with your loved one and it teaches you like positive and negative reinforcements. Like that's what your dad did. Like I, the positive, you have a house if you decide to be sober. Negative, you don't if you're yeah. going to be using because it hurts us yeah. to watch you. Um, and so a huge part of my coaching is using craft and educating people how to talk to their loved one and finding um times to talk to them like you what I call or what you it's called in um craft is road mapping where you learn what are their triggers when are they using who are they with like the patterns that yeah there are patterns right right and finding those patterns and then also you're not um you're not so shocked when your loved one comes home intoxicated because you're like, okay, he um, had a stressful week. He's out with the boys. He's going to be intoxicated. And basically, probably this whole weekend. Yeah. And so um, then we create a plan of like, okay, if that's what's going to happen, what are you going to do to make yourself happy over the weekend? Instead of fighting and wallowing and yeah. being depressed. And that's the, it, it. That's the tough part, right there. Right. That's a learned behavior that people need more of. And I think we just live one in Utah. That's a hush hush mm-hmm. state. And two, in general, we're blinded by love. Right. And it's easy to be on our side of the coaching side for having been through it and all of that. But if mm-hmm. it's our like our loved one, it's like I know what I'm supposed to do, but I love you. Why don't you love me back? You know, and that's the, I wish they taught it more in schools. Right. Yeah. And like, hopefully you never have to use this, but if you do. Right. There's, I mean, yeah. Communication skills of the tough stuff, not the Mm -hmm. easy stuff. Yep. You know, and the, I think the churches are getting better at being more vulnerable and open and accepting, but Mm -hmm. back, you know, the last 20 years has been a, a shunning time for all things like right. that single mothers addicts long hair you know whatever right. it is <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all that stuff so um yeah i just tell me more about the craft well um so it was founded by robert myers dr robert myers um and he himself um i was trained through him a couple or with him a couple of weeks ago. And um, he is just amazing. He had a dad that misused alcohol. And 
his mom didn't know how to deal with it. And so she was depressed and physically beat her kids. And so he grew up with an alcoholic dad and an abusive mom. And then he um, joined the military. And when he got out, he became an alcoholic himself and um, was living on the streets and finally decided enough's enough. I got to change and went to school and um, found out about CRA, um, oh, that community reinforcement. Oh, that just left my brain. I can't remember what the A stood for. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but then he realized, like, as they were doing um, their studies, that the wives had such a huge impact on the husband that was misusing. And so he's like, wait, wait, let's bring the families into this and, um, and you know, find out what what they can do to help their loved one. And they did a, um, a study with, like, um, the intervention, Johnson intervention, and then Al-Anon and Kraft. And Kraft had a 64% success rate of getting a stubborn, like, resistant loved one into treatment. Wow. Which. That's, that's the important part. Right. And that's what people understand, too, is when, if you have a loved one who's who is okay to go you don't give them more than a couple hours like pack them up and get them yeah. there because the mind can change real quick oh yes it can <laughs> yes it can it's like wait a minute you just said you'd go nope right like that's that's that mental health part that's the adversary working hard yep well that sounds like i need to meet that guy oh, he was sounds like yeah. a cool story yeah is he here in utah um no he's in new mexico um and there was actually an HBO special years ago on him. And during our course, he had showed the episode and he teared up. Like this means so much to him that, I mean, even this was the seventies that he created it and he's still so passionate about his work. That's awesome. And when I learned about it, I'm like, why, why has it taken me so many years of Googling family support, you know, loved one of addiction or whatever to finally find it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so many resources. It's almost too many. Yeah. It's like going to a restaurant with eight pages of choices. It's like, just give me five choices. Right. <laughs> just give me just, five and then we'll branch off from there. Yep. But yeah, that's, that's all. That's the first I've heard of it. And I've been in this thing for 11 years. Yeah. And it's been since the 70s that he started it. So he has a book, um, and it is, let's see, did I write it down? I didn't write it down. Um, What's his name? Dr. Robert Myers. It's a green book, and I... I'll find it. What, uh, do you feel like that's ultimately what lit the fire to, to for you to start acting on the coaching yeah that um I actually I had a sister who when I told her I want to be a life coach she's like oh good now you can give people advice that actually want your advice <laughs> <laughs> hey you're never the king in your own castle I've been using that a lot 
I think my family's the same. Like, I'm not paying you. You don't even need to tell me nothing. (laughs) Like, read this book. Do this. Do that. I'm just constantly like, I want people to be happy. Yeah. Um, And so if I find a new idea, I'm like, oh, you should try this. Or, oh, this book was so good. I don't know. Got it. The same is they don't have to be an addict to to not want. They kind of sit in there wherever they're at and they either get comfortable being uncomfortable or they move along or they stay stagnant and and everybody has their time. That's the tough part of giving advice when it's when it's important. Right. And that's definitely I still have a hard time with that. (laughs) So don't feel bad. It's hard. (laughs) I I have learned to ask, like, do you want my opinion or or can I coach you on this one? You know, so I've learned to. And to not take, if I do give advice, I don't take it personal if they don't use it. It's yeah. their choice. So. Yeah. That's what I've got to, I've got, we, we've, I've got this, when I go and speak at schools or whatever, I've got one slide and it's the definition of an asshole. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. It's someone who always asks for advice but never uses it. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the life suckers. They're like, hey, just help me through this. And then they never do it. And you're just like, no more. No right. more. Right. I'm going to charge you for that one. So how has this changed the way you're going to parent? Oh, well, um, just, I don't know. Let me ask you this. Okay. So knowing that communication is super important, vulnerability mm-hmm. super important. Are you going to be willing to have the tough conversations earlier than what we had them, if we ever had them? Yeah. Because I'll tell you, the things I hear in elementary school, Mm -hmm. I didn't hear until I was in high school. Right. And the things I'm hearing in high school, I'm hearing for the first time. (laughs) Like, like (laughs) we are not in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s anymore, people. Like parenting, we need to revamp and, and get connected you know, we talk about unplugging all the time. That's important, but we need to get connected and understand what these kids are going through. Right. And if you don't have the conversation, it will 100% happen to you. Yeah. It's like, well, we're not going to talk about sex, drugs, and rock and roll because oh, we no. don't want that in our house. Great. If you don't want it in your house, then you need to educate yeah. about it so that little Johnny down the street isn't teaching him about that. Right. For yes. the first time. Yep. Um, yeah. I already have pretty open conversations last night. I mean, I'm homeschooling, and so we're together. Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, not by choice. Um, we are, I mean, we're butting heads. We're so frustrated with each other because we're around each other all day long. And, you know, she doesn't want to listen to me because I'm not her teacher. And last night we, before she went to bed, I was like, right now we're doing things that are hard. Everybody's doing hard things right now. And, um, we need to be in this together and just, I need you to be on my team. So I'm trying already to have like those, you know, this is hard. This is hard for both of us. And that, that's important at six, you can dumb it down to where they kind of get it Mm -hmm. and then they'll kind of get it more and they'll kind of get it more and just keep having it. I think parenting is, uh, if it's done only once every five times that it's needed, Right. Things don't change. Yeah. Like you got to have the tough conversations every time they need to be had. Right. And, and when you do that. I'm definitely not 
a saint. <laughs> I mean, I have my flaws, but I try. Yeah, I try to at night when I'm putting them to bed, like have some conversations where, you know, we can talk about things or. And the other part, I think, too, is for all you stay at homers that are teaching and doing work and doing all the stuff. You need to budget in time to have adult time. Oh, for sure. I found myself. I'd be sitting there baby talking. Mm hmm to adults or watching Phineas and Ferb by myself. Like I got to have some adult connection (laughs) because that's really what we're, we're being disconnected from human contact Mm -hmm. and that can get super dangerous. Yep. Um, I read a study on, um, online sales of alcohol in March went up 500%. (laughs) You can buy alcohol online. Yeah. I'm not here in Utah. (laughs) But, It's like, yo, back it up. (laughs) 800 bushels of whiskey. And people don't know how to cope. Can they Uber Eats from the liquor store? Um, Maybe. Glad we used to pay our pizza man. Like, hey, on your way, we'll give you extra money if you'll go by the liquor store and show up with pizza and whiskey. Oh, my gosh. I don't recommend that. Yeah. But But when we're stuck at home, like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, no, it's it's literally is dangerous. Bad for, I don't care, you may have the most amazing marriage in the world or not so great. You got to have time. Right. Yep. You got to have alone time. You got to have dance time. You got to have gym time. You got to have all of that. And I think people feel guilty about that. Mm-hmm. It's like I talk about my recovery. If it comes between me taking my daughter or me getting in a bad place or losing my recovery, I'm picking my recovery over my daughter all day, every day. Because right. if I'm not in recovery, I don't have a daughter. Right. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a house. I don't have a car because I sold them all. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I pawned them. Right. Like, what will you give me for my 11-year-old? You know, and that's just, <laughs> I can't do it. You know? Right. It's dangerous. Yep. So what do you guys do? Tell me again where you're at. Um, I am up by the U in Salt Lake. So. You guys hike? What do you... Lots of dance parties. <laughs> We're jamming Getting out busy. at home. Yeah. Um, we have, you know, Minecrafting and Robloxing. What is that? Um, it's Roblox is like Minecraft. I've never played it. Is it uh, a game? Yeah. Is it online? Mm-hmm. Yep. Are you? It's an no, savage wizard no not me not at all I'm just like oh yeah I like your outfit <laughs> that's I don't know right now it's like what do you do during we're supposed to be at home yeah so it's hard and that as it gets colder it's hard to get out but you gotta get outside yeah that's where I, I don't have an excuse. I got to feed my animals. I know. I'll show you those after. Yeah, I was thinking. Bring your kids down. And yeah. They'd love it. They would. I'll for let sure. you guys take over feeding anytime, <laughs> <No>. you, <laughs> anytime you want. So, what has been your biggest takeaway from one, what you thought to be true as a kid to knowing now? Like, what would you go back and tell the 12 year old you? Um, well, 12 year old me, I would definitely say how important it is to, um, recognize your successes. I, um, I compared myself a ton growing up. I 
I just want to be that person. I just want this. And if I had that, I would be happy. And um, I mean, I definitely, I saw that with getting married and having kids. Like I wanted to create that home life that I didn't have. And now I look back and I realize I had an amazing childhood. Even though I didn't have two parents at home, my dad raising my sister and I and my relationship with my mom and my other siblings it's I'm so grateful and so I would tell myself at 12 years old that it's you have it great like be so appreciative of what you have um and and I think that's what I don't know just seeing what other people have and comparing yourself which I've done for so long and finally I have like the other night I basically was applauding myself for everything I've done this past year um because I became a coach this year and I was trained in craft this year and building my practice and finally for the first time I was like holy cow Chelsea you're doing awesome good job um which I would have never done if I didn't do the work that I had to do for myself. Yeah. So that's, that's the key. I think too, with, with parenting is, is a lot of parents want to do for kids Mm -hmm. rather than teach them how to do for themselves. That's where, that's where confidence comes from, from falling down and getting back up, not from being told what it's like to fall. Right. You know? Yeah. To see it. So Yeah. It's like, Oh, that looks like it sucks. And the, you know, right. Super important. So what do you tell maybe a family member, um, a wife, a husband who's dealing with a, a loved one who's in addiction? Um, to First and foremost, to take care of themselves. They need to find some sort of like support group, um, some healthy habits so that when their loved one does show up intoxicated, they can say like, I love you. I'm happy to see you. I'm going to go read a book right now. Um, and not to engage in the fighting. And th- that fighting is what the cycle, like, creates the cycle. You're fighting, and then your loved one is like, screw you, I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, and then they go out and drink or use or whatever to prove you wrong. And when you engage in the fighting, you're also um, you're also giving them a reason. And someone else to blame. But if you just say, like, I'm happy you're home and go to bed, they can only look at themselves and say, oh, you know, the next morning I feel like crap. I did this. I, you know, whatever their situation, they can't blame you because you didn't engage in them. Yeah. And so I think that it's so hard. I, you're not always going to do it. And it's work in progress. Yeah, exactly. But, by taking care of yourself, it's going to be easier for you to um, to step away and just say, I love you. I'm going to bed. Um, and then also with craft and the um, road mapping, you're going to learn how and when to have those conversations. You're not just going to sweep it under the rug and be like, yeah. oh, it's fine. It's fine. Um, you need to have those conversations and... Um, you know, that's one, I created a four-step plan in my coaching, and one of the steps 
is educating you on how to have those conversations and when to have those conversations. So. Yeah, never a good idea to argue with a badger. <laughs> right, it just, <laughs> when we're when we're higher drunk, nothing you can say is gonna make things better. No, someone um, described it as like a tea kettle when you're um, fighting with them, and you're they're just boiling and boiling, and then <laughs> yep, <laughs> and then it all goes. Downhill. All I see is red, I and mean, that's that's the truth too. And I made a lot of bad decisions out of anger. Yeah that didn't need to even be discussed yep. you know how do people find you um instagram um my instagram name is chelsea c-h-e-l-s-e-y dot murdoch or my website is just my name chelsea murdoch.com how do you spell your murdoch is it just m-u-r-d-o-c-k yep and it's s-e-y is that s-e-y right? mm-hmm. okay um did you already say a website? Sorry. I'm oh, yeah. It's my name, ChelseaMurdoch.com. Awesome. I'm throwing my name out there. I'm awesome. Branding myself. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Like, again, I appreciate you, what you're doing, being a strong woman through adversity. So I ask people at the end of my podcast, I have this tattoo, and it says, it's better to stand and fight. If you run, you will only die tired. Oh, what does yeah. that mean to you? Oh. To stand up for what you believe in and not to run away because it's going to find you no matter what. I like that. What like do most that. people say? It's, it's, <laughs> different. it's different to everybody. That's yeah. why I ask it, you know. That's what the podcast is named after. It's For me, it was, I ran from my anxiety. I ran from the bullies. I ran from my mental health. I ran from everything that everybody was telling me I was and what I felt. And eventually it almost killed me. Yeah. And now it's much easier to deal with today in today mm-hmm. and not brush anything under the rug. and uh, learn to live life on life's terms. So I appreciate you coming out and taking the time. You did amazing. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for asking me. Yeah. I definitely. It's great to have you on. I feel honored to be here. Well, thank you. You did. You did amazing. (laughs) Thank you to the listeners. One, one last thing is, is life is a journey. There is no destination. So every time we think that if we just make this money or if we had this boy or girl in our life, or if we had the car, if we had the house, that life is going to be better. Uh, you're going to be let down a lot. And the more we can look inside and love ourselves and love those around us, the better life's going to be. Yep, 100%. Okay, thank you. And again, you can reach me on Instagram at Coach Eastman 8 or find me at www.tattooedlifecoach.com. And this has been another Stand Up 5 podcast. Thank you. Thank you.